Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 28, Matthew chapter number 28, and we look forward to once again looking at the Great Commission and certainly be reminded of the message of salvation, of course, through the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for all God's doing in our church and all that He's doing in the lives of all of our people, and certainly the additions to the church. We're thankful for that and continue praying for all that we have taken place uh, this year and excited about what God is doing. As we're looking once again at the Great Commission, and uh, I'm going to preach this morning uh, from again the Great uh, on the Great Commission and then uh, ne- tonight also on the Great Commission. This morning I'm going to preach on the discipleship of the Great Commission. I've let you know uh, that I'm going to be preaching on that tonight. I'm going to preach on the follow-through of the Great Commission. Don't miss tonight's service. There's so many uh, principles that will be laid out tonight uh, that are life-changing for you, but life-changing for the people around you uh, as well. And so I want you to be here this evening. Next Sunday, I plan on preaching on uh, the uh, motivation of the Great Commission and uh, what should motivate us. And then next Sunday night, I plan on preaching on the harvest of the Great Commission. And I had intended on that to be the end of this series but the Lord's given me a couple of more messages from the great, on this subject, and so uh, we'll see how that progresses. Matthew chapter number 28, verse 19 and 20. Before I read the scripture, uh, I'll remind you uh, that the risen Savior is giving this command. The Son of God, the Lamb of God, the one who has conquered death and hell. He's resurrected, having paid man's sin debt and having provided the way of salvation. He's gathered those believers. He's gathered those uh, uh, followers, that early church together, and he's going to give them this commission. We understand this. We know this. But just to remind us again of the context of these two verses, verse 19 and verse 20, when you read them on their own, they're powerful than just, just, just reading them. There's a weight of uh, what we are reading, the importance of it, this, this three-part great commission. But we must never separate it from the one giving the commission, the power, the authority, the institution. And as we look at these verses again this morning, verse 19 and 20 of Matthew 28, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. This morning, I want us to look at the discipleship of the Great Commission. We see that threefold command, teaching them, or go therefore and teach all nations. What are they teaching them? The death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. There is but one way to heaven. There's not many ways to heaven. There's one way to heaven. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. Upon their conversion, you think two Sundays ago, we, we, we focused on the conversion of the Great Commission. The rest of the Great Commission matters not if there's no conversion. And so after they're converted, they're baptized. They're identifying with the one who saved them. Uh, they are associating with his institution. Uh, then we find this threefold part, the third part, the discipleship of the Great Commission. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we come to you once again needing your Help, we come to your word today and reminded of the importance of uh, this command to your church. Father, may once again, may we be reminded, each and every one of us who are saved, uh, of our salvation, first of all, and who saved us and how we are saved, but the importance uh, of getting the gospel to a lost world, the role that we play. 
I believe we'll be reminded of that this morning. Uh, Father, if there's one unsaved, may they realize their need of a Savior. I believe uh, the gospel, there'll be enough gospel given this morning for uh, someone to call in the name of the Lord. And Father, I pray that your will would be done today. May we realize the importance of the message today. Uh, speak to our hearts for us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Discipleship has become a buzzword among today's religious groups. Unfortunately, most who use the word disciple or discipleship do so without any scriptural definition. Many today believe discipleship earns them standing with God. In order to be a disciple of Christ, there must be a conversion, followed by definitive steps and decisions on behalf of the convert. There is no discipleship of Christ without conversion. A man must be confronted with his sins, realizing there is no hope without Christ. Baptism cannot save you. Discipleship does not save you. Only by God's grace can you be saved through accepting Christ's payment for sin. The devil has successfully deceived many into believing they are okay because they have entered a discipleship program, put disciple of Christ in their social media profile, or label themselves a disciple. In fact, those that have been deceived to this degree are still a child of hell while declaring loyalty to Christ. However, discipleship is the third part of the Great Commission. Without salvation, there is no discipleship. Without discipleship, there is no fulfillment of the Great Commission. Discipleship is about Christ. And that's one of the mistakes that have been made in religious circles. We make discipleship about us. Discipleship about what we're doing. Discipleship about this cool club we belong to, if I could put it that way. Discipleship is not about me. Discipleship is not about you. Discipleship is about Christ. It is about conforming to His image. It is about surrender to Him. It is about service to Him. It is about advancing His cause. One cannot become a disciple without complete surrender. We flippantly talk about discipleship as a popular pastime, yet Jesus said in order to be a disciple, you must be willing to pick up your cross and follow Him. We speak of discipleship like it's nothing more than scheduling a conversation at a coffee shop when Jesus requires forsaking friends and family for Him. We have lost the proper emphasis on discipleship and at the same time allowed false teachers and false doctrine to define it. The church has been commissioned with the task of discipling converts. Discipleship requires several things. As we look in our text this morning, there's some words I want to point out to you. But we must also remember after that conversion, there are some steps that has to be taken by the church, but by the new convert. Once you receive Christ, you're a Christian. You're a child of God. You're converted. You're, you're, you're quickened, made alive. You're no longer dead in your sins. In that moment of faith, when you put your trust in what Christ did, uh, your record is changed in heaven for all of eternity. Uh, you now have that perf perfect record of Christ as your record. It is an immediate thing. Discipleship is not an immediate thing. My faith is in Christ for my salvation. Now, if I am going to be a disciple, if I'm going to follow the Lord in that 
discipleship, if you will, after the salvation, there are some decisions that that convert has to make. We make the mistake today of saying, well, well, I, I, I can declare myself a disciple of Christ. Absolutely not. Just like there's many who claim the name of Christ, and God says in that day, that hour, He will say, depart from me, I never knew you. But there are some decisions, there are some choices that have to be made in order for you and I to be considered a disciple of Christ. For us to be disciple, we must also be reminded that after that salvation, after that message is received of what Christ did on Calvary, then there's a responsibility to the church to help that convert grow and become a disciple of Christ. Notice the the words in your text in uh, verse number 20, if you would, teaching them, this third part of of the Great Commission, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. Notice the words, all things whatsoever. The church has a responsibility to teach all things. The disciple has the responsibility, listen, to do all things whatsoever. There are no part-time disciples. There are no halfway disciples. According to the Word of God, they are to observe all things whatsoever. I get ahead of myself, but if there are things that you know this Bible teaches that you're not observing, you cannot call yourself a disciple of Christ. If you're not faithful to the house of God, the things of God, you cannot call yourself a disciple of Christ. You can, but you'll be dishonest. Because the Bible says teaching all to observe all things whatsoever. The disciple has the responsibility to do all things whatsoever. Discipleship does not pick and choose, but understand it is an all things whatsoever lifestyle. Disciples are in the church house on Sunday, not the football game. Disciples are in church on Sunday, not at the lake having family time. Uh, There are no uh, 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 part-time disciples. Disciples are good stewards and and give God the first fruits of their their time, talent, and treasure, and not the leftovers. Discipleship is not an idea. It's a dedicated lifestyle to the Son of God. The world, listen, the world is unreached mainly... Because the church is not surrendered and dedicated to being disciples so they can fulfill the Great Commission and make disciples. Listen very, very carefully. The church is blaming Hollywood for the world going to hell, and the responsibility falls on the child of God who refused to be a disciple. The church today blames Washington, D.C. For the, for, for the sake of our nation. But if we're going to be honest, then we must let the responsibility fall at the feet of the church because the church in general is unwilling to pick up their cross and follow Christ. It's unwilling to fully surrender. Let me make that statement again. The world is unreached mainly because the church is not surrendered and dedicated to being disciples so they can fulfill the Great Commission and make disciples. Simply stated, you do not create what you are not. You do not create 
what you are not. If you are not a disciple of Christ, you don't create disciples. If there's no conversion, there's no disciple. If we are not going to be dedicated, we're not going to create that which we are not. Let me give you a few truths from this passage that I think will help us with the discipleship of the Great Commission. Number one, discipleship of the Great Commission requires willing teachers. Notice in verse number 20, teaching them to observe all things. Those, when you became a parent for the first time and you get that child and you bring that child home, that child does not know everything that it's supposed to do. As that child begins to grow, you have to teach that child and instruct that child. Parents, you don't get frustrated because they're three and they haven't figured it all out yet. Matter of fact, don't get frustrated when they're 16 and they still haven't figured it all out yet. Because when they get 25, you'll still be frustrated that they haven't figured it all out yet. They have to be given instruction. The same is true of a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl who accepts Christ as their Savior. They are converted. They are taught that Jesus died a as, a, as, a, as, a, as the perfect son of God, he lived a, a sinless life and he took upon him the sins of man. He, he gave his life, was buried, rose again. And as we accept that by faith, that he was our sacrifice for sin. And there's no way to the Father but through the Lord Jesus Christ. We accept that and we are converted. That does not mean we know everything that Christ taught. It does not mean we know everything that this Bible teaches. We have to be reminded that somebody taught us just like somebody else needs to be taught. I believe, I believe there are a lot of converts who would grow if there was somebody willing to teach them. I know what you're thinking, perhaps you're saying, well, I'm glad that we have a, a pastor who's willing to teach them. I'm glad that we have a staff that's willing to teach them. But friend, let me just tell you, it's not my responsibility to teach your convert. It's not my responsibility to teach everyone. I can't. I can only be in so many places at one time, and that's one. We have a responsibility to teach. That's why we've got to be willing, be willing teachers. I made the statement just a moment ago, and it ought to resonate with us. We do not create what we are not. In order to teach someone else what God has said what they must do to grow in their Christian life. One, we must be a convert ourselves. Two, we must be a disciple ourselves. We must be learning. We must be growing. We must be willing to teach. We complain about the world around us. We complain about what's going on in our community. We complain about what's going on in our, in our country, in our nation. How many things could be changed if we had Christians who were willing teachers? I, I refuse to fall into this trap today of, of standing on our, our righteous soapbox, if you will, and condemning everything that's wrong and condemning everybody what's wrong. We ought to stand against wrong. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying we shouldn't. But there ought to be somebody who's willing to teach somebody why what they're doing is wrong. 
teach somebody this is the way you act. And by the way, let me just interject this. Uh, we, can, we can talk about the feminism of, of, of this world and how we've taken manhood and we've pushed it aside. We ought to teach these, these boys how to be a man. You got to teach them how to be, ladies, how to be a lady. We condemn, but we're not teaching. Same is true with a new convert. There must be willing teachers. Well, pastor, some things just aren't received well. They still ought to be taught. I can't tell you how frustrated I got in geometry, but it didn't stop the teacher from teaching it. And believe me, I did everything I could do to stop that. But it still got taught. Well, you say, Pastor, it gets frustrating. Oh, you ought to look at it from behind this pulpit. You preach and you preach and you preach, and here's the truth that is. It says, well, I just, I'm just not getting it. Well, sometimes you don't get it because you don't want to get it. It doesn't change the fact that it's supposed to be taught. And each and every one of us can and should find somebody that we can teach to observe all things. And by the way, just so you know where your pastor's coming from, I'm not interested in making a political statement. I'm interested in teaching somebody how to grow closer to Christ. I'm not interested in starting a revolution. I'm interested in teaching all nations that Christ has risen from the dead. I'm interested in taking the time to take a 10-year-old young man and teach, as he trusts Christ and teaching him as he grows how to serve God with his life. I'm interested in teaching a man who discovers in his adulthood, he may be married and have children, that Jesus died for his sins and there's hope and salvation and he trusts Christ as his Savior. I'm interested in teaching him how to be the right kind of a husband, the right kind of a father, the right kind of a Christian when he goes into the workplace. But that takes patience. It takes longevity. Sometimes as a teacher, as you're teaching these basic concepts, let's use education in school, it's like, how many times do I have to go over this before you get it? A good teacher is willing to go over it again and again. A good teacher is willing to say, come after class and let me help you get this. The same is true when we're teaching the truths of the Word of God. Say, well, they should have been here. I invited them. Invite them again. Well, we, we talked about this already. Talk, talk about it again. We ought to be discipleship of the Great Commission requires willing teachers before we condemn the world. We need to make sure we're doing what we're supposed to do. So where people ought to be in church, that is true. But people should be invited by the church to be in church. People ought to grow. They have the Spirit of God in them. They will grow in the Spirit of God, but there ought to be somebody who's a willing teacher. Uh, statement number two, discipleship of the Great Commission requires obedience. It requires obedience. If you were going to be a disciple, whether you've been saved a day or you've been saved a decade or decades, it requires obedience. Notice what the Bible says. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. 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 That's anything. That's everything. I have commanded you. Observe, we are commanded to observe 
all whatsoever things. Let me look at this from two different perspectives. To the new Christian, maybe you haven't been saved very long. You're to do what this Bible commands you to do. Let me tell you who's somebody from somebody who's been saved a long time. You'll be okay if you do that. Well, maybe and sometimes this applies to those that have been saved for a while. When I understand it, then I'll obey. Don't wait to understand it. Just obey. Why are we supposed to be in church more times? Why are we supposed to be in church multiple times in a week? I don't understand that. Just do it. I don't understand how I'm supposed to, to tithe or give. Just do it. Well, I don't understand it. Why am I supposed to separate from this and do this? You don't have to understand it to obey. Matter of fact, we call this foolish parenting. If you have your, your four-year-old and say, I want you to eat your vegetables. Well, I don't understand why I have to do that. Clean your room. I don't understand it. Well, okay, Johnny, when you understand it. Let me tell you, he's going to be 45, and he still ain't going to understand it on purpose. We obey whether we understand or not. If there's anyone you and I should and can obey, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's our Savior. It's our God. It's our Shepherd. It's our King. If there's anybody, we should obey without hesitation. Too many times we as Christians, we will hashtag discipleship, but we read this book and say, I don't know if I agree with that. Or I just that's something I want to deal with right now, so I'll set it aside. No, we ought to approach the Word of God. We ought to approach the Spirit of God that lives within us and every command. We are, we, we are, we are at attention. We are ready. We, we, whether we think we're able or not, so I'm going to do what He has commanded us to do. Discipleship of the Great Commission requires obedience. Friend, by the way, you and I, we need to tell this world what is required of them. I know not everybody likes to hear that they've been lied to by the Catholic Church. Not everybody likes to hear they've been lied to by the Methodist Church. Not everybody likes to hear that they've been lied to by that contemporary church. Everybody likes to hear that they've been lied to by, 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 by this false religion or that one or, or whatever it may be. Not everybody likes to hear that, but they need to hear the truth. Amen. Just like at that new convert needs to hear, if you're going to grow as you should go, grow first, identify with Christ. Follow Him in that believer's baptism and, and identify with Him in that public confession of, I'm a, I'm a born-again believer. I believe in the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. Then obey everything He tells you to obey. Do you think Christ knows better how, how we can better conform to His image than we do? Well, Absolutely. He knows how. He knows what we need to do. That's why He's given us the instructions. If we're going to be like Him, we must obey. Observe all things commanded. Number three, discipleship of the Great Commission requires growth. Notice again, chapter, uh, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. That word observe there means to keep or adhere to in practice, to comply with, to obey. 
to keep or adhere to in practice, to comply with, to obey. The disciples of Christ, as we call them, John, Peter, Andrew, all of the disciples, they were not just disciples one day of the week. They weren't just disciples two days of the week. They forsook everything to be a disciple. And we we know these men weren't perfect men. But they observed. What does that mean? That means on Sunday we keep or adhere to in practice, to comply with, to obey. That means on Monday we keep or adhere to in practice. We comply with, we obey. That means on Tuesday, we keep or adhere to in practice, to comply with, to obey. And I can go through every day of the week. If we are going to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded, we adhere to those things, we practice them. Discipleship has become in religious circles, a label that we slap on us. I'm a disciple of Christ. Well, not according to the Scripture, if we are not observing all things whatsoever. We are to keep or adhere to in practice. I think God's more concerned with what we do than what we say we're doing. This has been a great reminder for us, this study, and I've mentioned this often in some respect. We need to get away from this being ashamed to say, yeah, I'm going to conform to the image of Christ. That church is just trying to get you to conform. Well, I mean, conforming to Christ, that's so bad. No, we're supposed to conform. As a child of God, as a convert, you're supposed to comply. Comply with whatsoever things He has commanded. As the pastor, I'm supposed to preach these things. Along with you, I'm supposed to comply to these things. I'm just, you, you, this kind of church and this kind of church, they don't put all those requirements on you. Friend, it's not easy to be a disciple. I mean, Jesus did teach you have to pick up your cross and follow me. You have to let the dead bury the dead. You have to turn your back on friends and family. There's a separation. The Son of Man hath no place to lay his head. Discipleship is not something that, 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 that we just pick up and we put down. It's a, it's a, it requires growth. The only way you and I are going to be able to observe all things is we must grow in our Christian faith. We must grow as a child of God. You can't pop into church one day and come back three months and continue to be growing as a disciple. It is something that you must keep or adhere to in practice. That's why if, if you're going to be a disciple, if you're going to participate in the Great Commission and, and participate in somebody else's discipleship, by the way, mom and dad, that begins with who's living in your house. 
You say, well, I don't have any disciples. Oh, you do have disciples. They may just be in the nursery, and they may be sitting next to you. They may be sitting in a teen group. They may be in children's church this morning, but you have disciples living in your house. It's, respons- it's your responsibility to keep or adhere to in practice. You're not just a Christian at church. You're a disciple at home as well. Which means as your children grow up in your home, they should know that nothing else goes on on Sunday except church. It's God's day. It's the Lord's day. Well, who goes to church every Sunday? I'll tell you who. His disciples do. Who comes back on Sunday night? I'll tell you who. His disciples do. Who's in midweek Bible study? I'll tell you who. His disciples are. What do, we, what do we do with our budget? And we want to do this. Well, I'll tell you what disciples do. They, they organize. They give God the first, not the leftovers. What do we do? Uh, we, we train those in our home. We train them that if you earn a certain portion of money, part of that goes to God. Well, I just don't know that in 2023 that applies. Well, for a disciple, it applies. There's examples in Scripture when Jesus said, okay, you want to be a disciple? Let me tell you what that means. And then the crowd thins out. The crowd disperses. Now, this morning, I'm not trying to get you to disperse. But I'm telling you, I'm interested in pastoring a church of disciples. And if you've been saved for a short period of time, or you're just learning the things of the Lord, I don't expect you to have everything mastered. None of us have it mastered, but I do. I am going to preach to you what is required. And then it's up to you and I to say, okay, if I'm going to be part of the Great Commission... I've got to be a disciple in order to disciple. Because you don't produce what you are not. It takes that commitment to to adhere to, to observe, to comply with, to obey. Let me remind you before I move to number four. Your flesh does not want to obey. If it's not in all of us, it's in most of us. Somebody tells us what to do, we're like, well, nope. Not to bring politics into this, but it's what comes into my mind. And this isn't really, I'd say it's not politics, but it is. You better wear a mask. Uh, no. Now, if you ask me, it's still no, but if you ask me, I will consider it. Well, you better do, no. But it's, it's in all of us. We are born rebels And when the Word of God says, don't, there's part of our flesh that says, I want to. But I'm supposed to, as a disciple, I'm supposed to keep or adhere in practice to comply with. I'm trying to help us this morning. We want our world to be reached. We want our nation to be reached. The only way it's going to be reached is through the Great Commission. The only hope for the United States of America is the Great Commission being fulfilled by God's people. That is the only hope. A a change in government just buys us time. And by the way, there's not a whole lot of difference between no matter who you throw in there. The only hope we have is through the Great Commission. We must reach our friends. We must reach our neighbors. We must reach our cities with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what that requires? Discipleship. 
know what that requires? Picking up our cross and saying, I'm going to follow him. You know what that requires? It requires me on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through the week to talk like Jesus, to try and do everything like him, to try and think like him, to follow him, and to obey him. That's what it requires. It requires us to observe. That word does not mean we just sit back and watch. That's not what it means. It means to do, to comply with, to obey. Number four, discipleship of the Great Commission requires completion. It requires completion. There's three parts, the most important part, the part that two and three does not matter if there's not that one, that conversion. But upon that conversion, you should follow the Lord in believer's baptism if you have not. That is a public confession of your faith in Christ. Then you should begin to observe all things as they are taught to you. The Holy Spirit will teach you some things. This book will teach you. You have a church. You have a pastor that helps teach you. That's why you ought to be, Just let me just say this, that's why you ought to be in Sunday school. Because we are teaching the Word of God. Teaching them. Discipleship of the Great Commission requires completion. What do you mean completion? You have one, the first part. You have the second part. You have the third part. You say, Pastor, what does that entail? Does it mean I get a certificate because I completed a, 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 a church course? That's not what it means. What, what does it entail? Does, does it mean that, that I, can, I can say the books of the Bible? No, that's, not, that's a good thing to do. And sometimes I'm told, about you should be pastoring your church this way. And it's like, can you say the books of the Bible? What does that have to do with anything? I just don't take advice about how to pastor from somebody who doesn't even know how many books of the Bible there are. But anyway, that's, it's more than just that. Well, well I've, been, I've been a member now for this many. It's more than that. So what is it? it upon, well, how do we complete the Great Commission? I remind you of the, the words of the Lord Jesus in the book of Matthew chapter 4 when he called his disciples out. Verse 19, and he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you better than everybody else. That's not what he said. Follow me and I'll give you something to post on social media. That's not what it says. It says, follow me and I will make you wealthy. That's not what he said. He said, follow me and I'll give you a place in the choir. That's not what he said. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The purpose from the beginning was for the disciples to reach men. Listen carefully. The Great Commission is not completed until you reach a man. Are you a disciple? I would submit to you that he called those men to be disciples and he told them the purpose up front. I'll make you fishers of men. He called them out from this world so they could be fishers of men. They left everything behind He did not promise them 
a new kingdom. He did not promise them all the things that, that are a byproduct, by the way, of serving God. But from the very beginning, he said, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. If you follow me, the purpose of you following me is so that you can reach men. We are not discipled so we can look at this world from an intellectual throne of saying, I know more Bible than you know. To be a disciple, the Great Commission requires completion. From the beginning, he said, I'll make you a fisher of men. Aren't you thankful that somebody came fishing for you? Aren't you thankful that somebody gave you the gospel and said, hey, I want to go reach another man. I want somebody to hear about how they can be saved and born again and on their way to heaven. Then we are commanded to, to be baptized and, and to learn and grow in, in, in whatsoever he is commanded. But from the very beginning, Christ called disciples to reach men. The Great Commission is not completed until you reach a man. If you're saved today and you're baptized, you're on the right track. If you're learning what this Bible teaches, you're on the right track. But it's not completed until you've reached somebody else. There are a lot of Christians who know more Bible than you and I, but have yet they're not completed in that Great Commission because they've not reached a man. See, the purpose from the beginning was for the disciples to reach men. If you aren't involved in reaching men, you aren't a disciple of Christ. I know that's unpopular in this day we live in. Now, bear in mind, I'm not discounting anything you do for God. I'm not discounting the Bible that you read and consume you ought to. I'm not discounting your prayer life. I'm not discounting tithes and offerings. I'm not discounting you attending church. I'm not discounting you separating yourself from the world. Those are all positive. Those are all good things. That's what disciples of Christ do. But if you are going to be a disciple of Christ, by Christ's definition, from the beginning, he made it known. If you're going to be my disciple, I'm going to make you fishers of men. If you aren't involved in reaching men, you aren't a disciple of Christ. Jesus reached men with the purpose of training them to reach men. If, you're not, if you don't belong to Christ's institution, you're, the world needs to hear this. Christians need to hear this. If you don't belong to His institution, the local church, you're not a disciple of Christ. If you're not giving so that souls can be saved, you're not a disciple of Christ. If you're not participating in the mission of the church, which is the Great Commission, and I remind you, we all participate in different ways. There's the teamwork of the Great Commission. But it's not just about what you're getting from God. And I, by the way, I'm thankful that I can come to the church house when I need something, I can get it. I can get the encouragement. I can get the help. I can get the information I need to, 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 to meet the needs in my life. But being part of his institution and being a disciple is about reaching somebody else with the gospel. 
You can be a pastor and not be a disciple of Christ if you aren't reaching men with the gospel. You could be a staff member and not a disciple of Christ if you're not reaching men. You can hold position in the church and not be a disciple of Christ if you're not reaching men. So you didn't think the discipleship of the Great Commission was what this was going to be, did you? There ain't nothing wrong with having a cup of coffee. and ain't nothing wrong with, with talking spiritual things over a cup of coffee. I've done it many times. But maybe you thought today I was, in, I, I was introducing the, the coffee house ministry. Or what cool t-shirts we were all going to get and hashtagging disciple of Christ. When according to scripture, you adhere to all things being taught. Does it say you know as soon as you're saved, but when you're taught something, you change it? You're taught something, you adhere to it. You make that decision. I'll use, if you'll permit me just for a moment, I'll use my son-in-law's family as an illustration in that. When Colin, and my son-in-law, and it, we're, we're very, very young, they were having... There were some problems in the home with a, with a, with a sibling, and, and they couldn't figure it out, so they just went and said, the church has got to have the answer. So his dad went down to the church, and, and through several conversations, he got saved. Uh, Mom got saved. The boys came to church, and they got saved. And then after they came to church and got saved and baptized and, and joined the church, dad just came home and made an announcement. Going back on Sunday night. And it's funny to hear Colin talk about it. Him and his brother, they're, they're less than a year apart. They were like, what? I mean, he's in the ministry now, but it's like, I want to go back on Sunday night. Why are we going back on Sunday night? But dad's logic was very simple. Well, everything we've been doing hasn't been working. So if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. We're going to go all the way. And I'm going to do, we're going to do everything that that pastor says we're supposed to do as Christians. Well, you fast forward all these years, and, and you, if you, if you look, look back on that family and see, what, you know what would be good for some of you to do? Go home and make a declaration. That if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And we're going to go all the way in. We're going to do everything that that pastor tells us that this Bible tells us we ought to do. It's adhering to. It requires completion. My goal for every member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church is for you to grow, become more like Christ. You cannot become like Christ without reaching a man, without being involved in the Great Commission. My goal is for every member to have a part in reaching the Great Commission. We must finish... We must stop leaving the Great Commission undone by not reaching men. My challenge is twofold with a, with a simple illustration to conclude this morning. If you haven't been saved for very long or this is all new to you or maybe you're out of church for a while, you're back, or maybe you've never been to a church that has the emphasis that we have. As we conclude and go to a time of invitation, my challenge is just grow. Grow. 
And as you grow, you'll be able to reach men. I don't mean you have to grow to a certain point to do it. You can invite somebody to church today. If God has saved you, He's changed you, and I guarantee you the people around you have noticed that change. Say, so won't you come see for yourself? You can invite. You can be involved. You may not know what to say, but you can get them to the church house. You can be have a part, grow and reach men. My challenge to the whole church is may we grow to a point where we're ready teachers to teach others to teach men. And I remind us, we're not going to produce what we are not. I'll illustrate this as very simple. Do you think our city needs Christ? Absolutely it does. Well, if there's ten disciples that train ten, and bear in mind, I said a disciple is not a disciple until you're re- unless you're involved in reaching men. You now have 20. And if 20 train 20, you now have 40. Master, I don't know why you have such big visions and big dreams. And, and I know we're tightened here, but why do we need? Because if 40 train 40, we now have 80. And if 80 train 80, we now have 160. And 160 train 160, we now have 320. I can't add any more than that, so that's where we're stopping. It goes on. You double that. It's 320 to 640, 640 to 1280, and so on and so forth. If we are involved in fulfilling the Great Commission, we have to realize we're always part of the Great Commission. We're either on that receiving in for the first time of hearing the gospel. We receive Christ and then somebody instructs us, you need to get baptized. Okay. And we obey. It's like you got to be in church. Again? Yes, again. You got to be in church every time the church doors are open. Okay. Then the Spirit of God works inside of us and bears witness with this book. If somebody's interested in us and teaches us what we ought to be doing, and we grow, and then we get involved in the work, which is to reach somebody else. Now we're on that end of it. You say, well, I fulfilled the Great Commission once. Well, that's a great thing. That's, you're in the minority of Christians to have part in the Great Commission. But if you're still drawing breath, you're still supposed to be involved in the Great Commission. Now, you may not be able to do it in a way that you used to do it or involved in a way that somebody else did it. Maybe you say, Pastor, my health, my schedule, all this. You know, you can still give to missions. You can still be nice to people when they come to church. If God plants a visitor right next to you in the Sunday morning service, you can reach over to them in the invitation and say, do you know you're saved? You can be a friend to somebody who's new, encourage them. See, this discipleship, yes, it is learning the Word of God. But it's learning the Word of God from the perspective of I have to adhere to these commands so that I can become like Christ. And why did Jesus come? 
to reach men with the gospel. Well, I want to be a part of that exclusive club, the disciples. Well, yeah, they, they were all martyred, just to let you know that. But Jesus told them from the beginning, if you forsake everything and follow me, I'm just going to tell you right up front, I'll make you fishers of men. It's not a status with this world. It's become a status in the religious world. I'm a, I'm a disciple. That's not the way the world treats Christ's true disciples. It's all about reaching men. Are you involved in reaching men today? Well, if you're part of this church, this church is about reaching men. But think about your involvement in reaching men. Think about are you observing all things whatsoever you are commanded? Every one of us ought to think about that this morning. Am I observing all things that I've been commanded? I'm not talking about the things that, that you haven't been, been taught yet, you don't know, but the things that you do know. Are you observing all things? If you've not been saved, not been converted, trust Christ today. If you've been saved, never scripturally baptized, you need to take that next step. I'm going to tell you what God has said. You ought to publicly identify, confess your salvation, follow the Lord in scriptural baptism. After that, you cannot be a disciple without being part of his church. You ought to, well, I only follow him. I, follow, I don't follow man. I only follow him. Well, if you're truly following him, you'll follow in the church. The institution he founded. We need to get to the place where we take the idea of the Great Commission seriously. And part of that is a discipleship. Are we a disciple of Christ? Well, the Bible defines that, and I think this message this morning helps us understand the importance of it, but also ought to make us take a moment and be honest and say, am I truly a disciple of Christ? If you're not today, you can be. If Peter can be, you can be. If Andrew can be, you can be. If John can be, you can be. If Matthew can be, you can be. We can be his disciple. We, he's told us how. He would not command us to do something we could not do. Father, I pray that you'll use your word today. May the word of God be real to us.